Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies, and I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm so excited to be here recording this podcast right now because it means that I'm actually feeling a lot better. I've been sick with COVID. I actually think I got it. I'm 99.9% sure that I got it on the plane. So I spent the holidays in Canada with my husband's family. And to get back from Canada to New York, it's a really long flight. It's actually three different flights. You go from Victoria, where his parents live, to Vancouver, then Vancouver to Toronto, and then Toronto to New York. Three flights, it basically takes the entire day. We leave at, I think, 4.30 in the morning PST, and then we get back to our apartment around 7 p.m. EST. A really, really hectic travel day with a lot of different opportunities to contract COVID. I got back on Friday, which was the 8th, spent the weekend hanging out with my husband in our apartment. We were so excited to be back. And then on Tuesday, I started to notice some symptoms, but I thought I might just be jet lagged and tired. Then the next day, Wednesday, I was so exhausted all day. My throat kind of hurt. And then I took a bath to feel better. And when I got out of the bath, I realized I had a pretty high fever Then I went and got tested Thursday and found out that I was positive. I have been isolating since then. We are really, really lucky because my husband actually didn't get COVID miraculously. It's so crazy because we have literally been spending all of our time together since our flight. Part of the reason why is my brother had been living in our apartment since March, basically since the pandemic hit. He is a restaurant worker. He obviously was out of work. And so we were more than happy to have him here because we live in a three-bedroom, three-bath apartment for the two of us. He just left. (laughs) So he moved back to LA over the holidays. So Dev and I were overjoyed to be back to just the two of us in the apartment. It was so exciting not to be TMI, but because we were finally alone for the first time in our apartment, we hooked up a lot. We basically were making out constantly. So excited just to be on our own, to be able to not have to close the doors and turn on the music and, you know, all that stuff for privacy reasons when you're living with someone else. So somehow, despite me breathing on my husband constantly, he tested negative and I tested positive since we found out we have split the apartment into two. I have our bedroom, our bathroom, which connects to that, and my office, which also connects to that bathroom. Dev has the whole rest of the apartment. He's been taking care of me. I have a little table outside of my bedroom door where he leaves food and snacks and treats on a regular basis. And he is also isolating. So he is not leaving the house as well, but we are just isolating from each other. I talked to my friend who's a doctor and the first thing he said after I told him my situation, he said, Liz, did you use the bathroom on the airplane? 
And I said, yeah, I actually used the bathroom several times because it was such a long flight. And to be honest, my stomach wasn't feeling that great based on what I'd eaten the night before. So I actually did use the bathroom a bunch. And he said, oh, well, there's this South Korean study that basically showed that if everyone is wearing KN95 masks, then you don't get COVID on planes unless you use the bathroom. So that was really helpful to know. My husband did not use the bathroom at all on the plane. And this is a PSA for anyone who is taking a flight. Do not use the bathroom. I'm pretty certain that's where I got it and why my husband didn't get it. What my doctor friend said, and he is handling COVID patients all the time through Mount Sinai. He basically said that the concentration of droplets is so high that it really, really increases the chances of you getting it. So that is my public service announcement. Do not use the airplane bathrooms. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably already know that. And you're like, Liz, you're an idiot. (laughs) Why did you use the airplane bathrooms? I guess I thought that I had my N95 on and I was wiping everything down and I had my hand sanitizer. So I thought I would be fine. Hindsight is 2020. I'm just really grateful for the fact that it's been really mild. Did my writing class, which is three hours on Tuesday night. I still had enough energy to work and my fever was really only for a couple of hours. I took some Tylenol, it went away and then never came back again. I'm a little bit congested, which you guys can definitely hear in my voice right now, but I feel great. I haven't had a cough. I've coughed maybe a handful of times, but it's definitely not been something that impacts my life. And the hardest part of it all, the fatigue, just feeling really, really tired and wanting to sleep all the time. I've just been listening to my body over the weekend, letting myself do that, taking long naps. It's really worked. I woke up this morning feeling almost 100%. And I was finally able to do some nice, light, gentle yoga, which my body really, really needed after the past three days of just laying in bed and not really moving at all. I just feel such an immense amount of respect for the New York City health and hospital system and their amazing contact tracers. I talked to a contact tracer right after I got my positive test result. He was just so informative, so empathetic. And I learned about all these services that they offer in New York City, like You can go stay in a hotel where they take care of all your healthcare and all your meals so that you can isolate away from your family if you have it. You can also have food delivered to you. They also have kits for people who are isolating. They have services for people who feel like their mental health is suffering. And they also have services for people who feel like they may be in unsafe situations with their family from, you know, domestic abuse perspective. They were also so clear with me about what was required from an isolation standpoint and so informative and so helpful. And I just feel really grateful to live in the city. This experience makes me never, ever, ever want to take my health for granted. The point is that it really impacted my day-to-day and my ability to think, my ability to process, my ability to be creative moving forward, what I want to take from this lesson is an understanding that health is not a given. Even though I am young, then there's still a tenuousness that comes to my well-being and that 
I need to value it and I need to protect it and I need to nurture it every day. So I'm grateful for this experience and thanks for listening. I have been cooped up in this little area in my apartment by myself. So this feels really nice. It feels like I'm talking to some friends. So again, thank you for bearing with me on this long sharing of my COVID experience, which I find really interesting, but maybe you guys don't. So if you didn't, I hope you just fast forwarded through it. And one thing I do want to say before we pop into the episode, which is all about fear today, is that it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is a really, really, really important day. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., as you guys all know, is someone who, if he did not exist, I do not know what our country would be like. His actions and his courage and his genius and brilliance changed so much for us. So please make sure that you celebrate. I am going to watch Selma, which is a really amazing movie. And my husband also gave me these graphic novels to read. They're called March and there's three books and they are about the civil rights movement. He said that they are really good and I trust him. Again, they're called March and I'll link in the show notes if you guys have an interest in reading them. You guys will be listening to this certainly after this beautiful day has passed. I really hope that you did something to celebrate. And even if you didn't, it's never too late. We don't need to celebrate on the exact day of things. It's more the energy that you bring to it at any point. Now we're going to talk about fear, which is a podcast episode theme that one of our amazing listeners suggested. So thank you so much. Thank you. Because it's something that actually is very timely for me. Right before I got sick, I actually crossed a really incredible threshold with my business reset. And that was to hit a pretty aggressive and lofty financial goal that I had set for myself in terms of recurring revenue every month. So I wanted to make sure that I had a stable base of clients that would repeat month over month and that my income would be high enough for me to have the same lifestyle as I had when I worked at the venture capital firm. Now, a year and a half, just slightly shy of a year and a half after leaving that venture capital firm, then I did it. I hit my target and I'm so happy about it because as you guys all know, I came from a very, very financially insecure background. We lived in government subsidized housing. We were always getting evicted from our apartments before then. I was on free lunch through the schools and I never even had money for school supplies and projects and things like that. So for me, so much of my adulthood has been about trying to create a base of stability for myself that I never had, namely through monetary security. It was so scary for me to let go of all that I had built over a decade plus to follow my dream. I was reflecting on how even just six months ago, back in August, I was so scared. This year was really, really hard for Reset as a business. We had to completely pivot our business model. We had to close down the studio that we had invested so much in. I literally thought that I was just the biggest failure in the world. Around August of just this past year, so what is that, five months ago, I really thought I might need to get a job. I might need to give up on this dream because I'm really, really, really scared. I've had so much 
disappointment and so many things haven't gone the way that I thought they would, maybe I'm just not cut out to run my own business because clearly I keep getting signs that say that I'm not. And I remember writing in my journal just how scared I was, how scared I was that I would be a failure, that the business would completely crash and burn, that it would be so embarrassing because I had said to everyone, I really, really believe that I can make this work, that I deserve to follow my dreams and I deserve to do what I love every day. What I was scared about was that that wasn't true. Maybe I had to compromise. Maybe it wasn't in the cards for me to do work that I love and get paid for it. That was the fear. And it wasn't just the fear then. It was actually a fear that had been following me my whole life. So in August, I had a little bit of a breakdown. I talked to my husband. I talked to my therapist. I decided to keep going. And then here I am five months later, and it actually all really did work out. I was so, so close, but I couldn't see it then. All I could see was the past and how hard the past had been. And at that point, it was so hard for me to be optimistic and to feel excited about the future. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is how do you handle that fear when it is trying to keep you from doing something that is actually really good for you, that's really all about your growth and your evolution? The first thing to know about fear is that every single person has it. And there are so many things to be afraid of. For instance, you can be afraid of aging. You can be afraid that you'll be alone your whole life can be afraid of making the leap to change careers or to start your own business or to go back to school. You can feel fear about ending a relationship that you know you need to end or even beginning a relationship that feels like it has so much promise, but that scares you. Where you can be afraid of dying, of change, of natural disasters, of loss of financial security, And these feelings are all so normal. In fact, it's not just that they're normal, they're human. We're meant to have those fears. Our brains are hardwired to try to protect us from the unknown and to protect us from things that might hurt us. This worked really well for us when we were hunter-gatherers And we were roaming through the plains, eating berries and looking for watering sources and trying to fend off larger predators. These days, our fear has really channeled itself into arenas where the fear actually isn't helpful for us at all. So for instance, if you're a hunter-gatherer, you may be scared to get water from a specific stream because you think that there might be a saber-toothed tiger there. So you become very cautious and you maybe you stake out the site, you bring a couple of your compatriots, bring some spears with you. The fear there makes sense because you want to prepare yourself and you don't want to make any stupid decision that might cost you your life. On the other hand, in our modern day lives, you might have a fear of public speaking I know that I have in the past. It was something that I really worked to get over. And now I love public speaking. Obviously, I have a podcast now. But that fear always felt the same. It felt like my life was on the line. 
And that's because we are tribal creatures. We were only able to survive because we lived in community units with other humans. And the fear of public speaking is the fear that one will be rejected by their tribe. To our ancient brains, rejection from other people, social rejection, is the same thing as death because you cannot survive without being part of a community and without a tribe. So let's say you get up there, you give your speech and you are ridiculed and then people no longer want to be around you, you embarrass yourself, then to your brain, that is the same thing as death. But obviously, this is a backward way of seeing things because you're not going to die if you bomb your speech. That's just the fact of it. So what do you do? Well, I am going to quote a book that I really loved on this topic. And the title of that book is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And that is exactly what my husband said to me when I was so scared back in August, thinking that I was a total failure. He said, you just have to keep going because the difference between people who succeed at their goals and people who don't is that the people who succeed don't let the fear hold them back. Everyone feels that fear, but it's the people who keep going in spite of that fear who make it. And that's such a rare bunch because it's really, really hard to act in the face of deep, deep fear. It's the least natural thing in the world. Everything in your body is screaming, stay safe, don't take that risk. And to do it anyway, it's so painful. It actually physically hurts. It feels so hard to do, but that's really it. The reason why more people don't go after their dreams is because it hurts. It's hard. Feeling that fear and taking action anyway is one of the hardest things that you can do in the world. So how do you do it? Well, I wanted to read a passage from another great book called Art and Fear, which I really love. And this is about quitting. Artists quit when they convince themselves that their next effort is already doomed to fail And artists quit when they lose the destination for their work, for the place their work belongs. Virtually all artists encounter such moments. Fear that your next work will fail is normal, recurring, and generally healthy part of the art-making cycle. It happens all the time. You focus on some new idea in your work, you try it out, run it with it for a while, reach a point of diminishing returns, and eventually decide it's not worth pursuing any further. Writers have a phrase for it, quote, The pen has run dry, but all media have their equivalents. In the normal artistic cycle, this just tells you that you've come full circle, back to that point where you need to begin cultivating the next new idea. Quitting is fundamentally different from stopping. The latter happens all the time. Quitting happens once. Quitting means not starting again. And art is all about starting again and again. I love that quote because it basically says that we are all so tempted to give up and quit because we're scared. We're afraid that we're going to fail. We're afraid that no one's going to understand our work. We're afraid that all of our efforts are doomed, but that the important thing is to just keep going and you can stop. I stop all the time. I take pauses. I step away from my work. I do other things. I try to refuel my coffers of inspiration and creativity by living life and not necessarily making more creative work. 
but I eventually always, always, always decide to keep going. And that is so, so important. The number one key to keeping going is to find a support system of other people who are taking the same risks as you, who believe in you, who you can share your in-progress work with each other frequently, people who can empathize with your struggle. And for me, having a couple of friends who are building businesses at the same time I was and being able to say, this is really hard. I don't actually know if I can make this work. I want to give up. It was just so helpful for them to really understand where I'm coming from and to say, no, you need to keep going. And for me to say that to them as well. So who's your community? Who can you find who are doing the same things as you? I have a quick shout out to make. There's a great organization called Freelance Founders. It is for people who, exactly as the name implies, (laughs) are people who do freelance work and have started their own businesses to do that freelance work. It's run by an amazing woman named Carolyn Bothwell, and I highly recommend you check it out. Freelancing is a scary thing to jump into. I remember when I first started doing it, I had no idea what I was doing, and I was lucky that my partner at the time was able to help onboard me into that life. So Freelance Founders is a great organization if you're thinking about launching your own freelance business. But regardless, there are other groups, other people. That's part of the reason why I have signed up for writing glasses is because I want to be around people who are pushing themselves and who are a little scared that their work is horrible and that they're talentless. The same fears that I feel all the time. But then with each other, we can say, keep going. I see you. I see the beauty in what you're creating, even if it's not perfect today. The next thing I'll say about fear is that the antidote to fear is not positive thinking. The antidote to fear is resilience. What does that mean? Something that people told me over and over again when I was having trouble with my business, and these are people who were my friends who loved me, but maybe didn't really understand. They would always say, oh, it'll all work out. You're great. It'll all be fine. Of course it will. And what I felt like was that that's not what I needed to hear. (laughs) I didn't need to hear that everything was going to turn out okay because that wasn't true. The nature of running your own business is that you are going to get out there and take a swing 25 times. And out of those 25 times, one or two or three are going to work out. And then you got to keep going up again and taking more swings over and over again. When I originally started the business, I thought, oh, this is going to be such a huge success. It's all going to work out. And I had really bought into the culture that we live in all about manifestation. So positive thought, building your vision board and setting your goal means that everything is going to unravel completely, perfectly, just as you imagine it in your mind. But that's not true. And I'm not saying it to be pessimistic. I'm just saying it because the reality is that You can manifest what you want, but it's often not going to look like the path that you imagine it to be. I feel like I manifested the perfect business for myself, but I had so many things happen that weren't according to plan that felt like colossal disappointments at the time that they were happening. And having this belief that the way to combat fear is with positivity and optimism and telling yourself that your fears aren't going to come true. 
that doesn't work because then it just sets you up for disappointment. The way to deal with fear is to build resilience. And that means to tell yourself that no matter what happens, you will be okay. You are strong enough to get through it. Even if all your dreams crumble, even if the worst case scenario happens, tell yourself that you can handle it, that you will be okay. So do you guys get the difference between what I'm saying? The first solution is to counteract your fears by denying them, by saying, oh, that's not true. Let's say that you want to switch careers, but you're afraid. The wrong way to go about it is to say, you know what? I can do this. It's going to be easy. I have the right qualifications. I have all the right criteria. I'll just go ahead and do it. That's great. But the problem is that the things that are most worth going after, the things that we truly, truly want, the things that really push us, they're hard. They require a lot of hard work and perseverance and not giving up. And when you set yourself up to think that it's going to be easy peasy, then it never works out that way. What you have to tell yourself is you have to say, I am inherently strong. It may take me a few months. It may take me a year to switch careers. It may take me two or three years to switch careers, but I am strong. And no matter how many times I am rejected for jobs in my new career, I'm going to keep going until I get what I want. And that is the way that you deal with fear. You build a sense of confidence that no matter what happens, even if your fear does come to pass, you know that you can handle it. After I got divorced when I was 30, one of my biggest, biggest fears is that I was going to end up alone. And all my friends said, oh, why would you end up alone? You're such a catch. You know, of course, you're not going to end up alone. You're going to find someone. And the more I told myself, oh, I'm definitely going to meet someone. I deserve to meet someone. I'm going to meet someone. The more fixated I became on it, the more stressed it actually made me. And I was so, so, so scared of ending up alone. All I ever wanted was to have a family, to have a partner. That's part of the reason why I got married so quickly in the first place to someone who I barely knew was because I just really, really wanted that. And so it was so frightening for me to think that I might not have it. And I remember so many nights where I would cry and think, well, maybe this isn't for me. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm afraid that I will never, ever meet someone. And it wasn't until three years after I got divorced, after much therapy and many self-help books and a lot of workshops and personal growth, that one day I just said, you know what? If I don't meet someone until I'm 55 years old, that's okay. (laughs) If I miss my window to biologically have children, but I still meet my soulmate eventually, I'm all good with that. I'll adopt. Maybe we won't have kids. We'll figure it out. We'll be happy. No matter what happens, even if it takes me 20 years to meet my person, I'm totally okay with that. And that was my biggest fear, was that everyone else would find someone and I would get left behind. And that fear was happening because every year, basically since I got divorced at 30, to when I actually started dating my now husband, my soulmate, Dev, I went to like 10 weddings a year. And it was hard because I had no prospects. And the second I said, you know what? I'm embracing this fear and I know that I'm going to be resilient, right? I'm not going to try to keep convincing myself that Mr. Perfect is right around the corner. What I'm going to say is that even if he's not around the corner, even if he's 28 miles down the road, I'm okay with that. I can handle anything. I'm good with being alone. I can do that. It's not my ideal, but I'm strong enough to deal with it. 
And then that is exactly when I met my husband. So to recap this discussion of fear, the number one thing you need to know is that it happens to everyone. Everyone has fears across every single dimension of their life. It is normal. It is natural. It is a part of the way our human brains were set up. Number two, success isn't about not having fear. It is about learning how to move forward despite it. Number three, when you are feeling fear, all you need to know is that you just can't quit. Don't let yourself quit. You can stop. You can pause. You can take a break. That fear is going to be telling you that you need to give up. Don't listen to it. All you need to do is keep going and then you're guaranteed to eventually have success if you just keep going. Number four, to make sure that you keep going and you don't quit, find a community of people who are empathetic, who understand, who are going through what you are. Find that community and don't let them go. And then you guys be each other's support system for sharing work, sharing achievements, lifting each other up, encouraging each other to keep going. And then lastly, the key is to build that innate sense of resilience within you and to say to yourself that you're going to keep going despite your fear. And no matter what happens, no matter if the worst case scenario happens, you know that you can handle it. And that's it, you guys. I will link in the show notes to some of my favorite books about fear in case you guys have an appetite for more. And thank you so much to our dear listener who suggested this topic. I love you. I love it. And to our other listeners who have been writing me from Italy, from Sweden, from Australia, from Canada, from all these amazing places with suggestions. The next couple episodes are also going to be topics suggested by our listeners Daisy, who suggested imposter syndrome, and then Victoria, who suggested work, life, and relationship balance. Also, we're going to be doing an episode in the future that is not a listener topic, but something that I've been thinking a lot about, and that is how to let go of relationships that are toxic. I think it's a hard one. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, I appreciate your emails and your DMs and your love. Please, please share this and please subscribe because it comes out on a different day every week. I'm just unpredictable like that. So please subscribe so you know when it's coming out. As always, I'm sending you so much love and a gentle reminder to listen to yourself, to love yourself, to say yes to life so that life may say yes to you. Thanks for listening.